Hello, and welcome to Sutra Sidewatch, episode 15. I'm your host, Cameron Shustar, and with me hosting is... Brandon from Apollo City Comics, the number one comic book commentary show in the podcast network. And oh, yes, of course. Going no. <laughs> <laughs> and we're, we're back again for July with uh, our Tarantino Rodriguez double feature, and with us is Roman Fruhan. Again. Hey, th- thank, thanks for having me a second time. I'm glad I didn't scare you all off. Yes, we need your infinite <laughs> amount of knowledge for this one, for sure. Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, last time, if you guys didn't check out uh, 14 yet, uh, we talked about Quentin Tarantino's fifth film, Death Proof. So you guys can go back and check that one out. But we're looking at the other half of that double feature, which is Robert Rodriguez's Planet Terror. Yes. Yes. Guys, all right. Well, right away, off the bat, like, first thoughts. Like, what did, in comparison to Death Proof, how much more did you enjoy or dislike this film? Infinitely better. Infinitely. Infinitely like, better shit out of in movie. every way. I, I honestly, like, I was I was ready to just watch it and be like, all right, it it it's it hasn't aged well and whatever and i was ready to tear it apart and holy shit it was like the exact opposite of how i went into death proof and it was the exact opposite of how i came out of death proof i don't know i don't know why they didn't finish the double feature with this one yeah why is it it also takes place after death proof if you look yeah. at the little like yeah. cameo they have in it and everything the little jungle julia rest in peace yeah <laughs> so with the double feature when it was first shown did it show this one before death proof yes yeah yeah when it went oh. machete and then planet terror well machete the fake trailer and then planet terror and then all the other fake trailers and then death proof that's really interesting um because to me, just like as a you know watching it cinematically, Death Proof is uh, a lot slower and a lot longer than this one, um, probably about by almost half an hour. So you would assume that they would start with Death Death Proof and then wake you back up with this film because it's just bombastic. Yeah. And even the way it is, it's like clearly it's not a complete film. You know, there is a major jumping point <laughs> from one particular oh. part of the act. To the rest of the movie. So it's kind of like, you know, if you're watching it, you know, in a theater and you're just like, damn, this thing is getting long. And then it cuts it. And then you get thrown into like the rest of the film. You're just like, oh, fuck, that woke me up. Like this is I would assume that's how they would approach it cinematically, you know. But that's interesting. I did not know that, Um, especially because there's parts that don't make sense if you watch this one first. Um, Some of the death proof references just don't really add up unless you saw death proof first. I think they I think they did that intentionally just because traditional grindhouse double features um were notoriously bad about mixing up reels or films mm. or not following the studio's recommend like whenever they would show the movie I drink your blood they would always show it with a double feature of I eat your skin which are two completely different films made like 10 years apart have nothing to do with each other, but they both have some insane names. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, you're supposed to show I Drink Your Blood first and then I Eat Your Skin second because I Eat Your Skin is just a 1950s boring uh, whatever the fuck movie. And I Drink Your Blood is a badass grindhouse, you know, killer hippies, 
cannibals destroying a town. But a lot of the times they'd show I eat your skin first and people would walk out of the theater because of how boring it was. Maybe they were yeah. afraid of showing death proof first. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. And they were like, oh no, they'll leave. And then you go to Planet Terror and you're like, wait, you're going to miss that? Like, Well, if, if Tarantino was the brains of this operation, then I'm pretty sure he wanted his film to be shown last because he probably thought it was the shit. His ego, yeah. Uh, I could see that for sure. And I think Robert's a pretty sure. cool guy from in general. He actually was at in El Paso recently doing uh, something for... Uh, like filmmakers and you got to do a whole Q&A and oh, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I thought so, nice. I wasn't able to attend it and I'm kind of kicking myself in the ass, like, especially now not doing that. But uh, he is a very nice and like laid back guy when you meet him too. Apparently from what I've heard, I mean, I haven't met him personally. Do but. you, do you remember what that event was called? Um, El Paso has it's like its own film festival. So I think it was part of the El Paso film festival. Oh, yeah. Tight. Yeah. Cool stuff. He's a, uh, and I think just being in Texas in general, like I'm, I think he's probably just around in you know oh, yeah. all the major cities yeah. in that sense. This is, these these two films were pretty big, uh, pretty big for Texas settings. Yeah, uh, yeah. and I kind of enjoyed that mainly because you know I, as much as I hate Texas, uh, being here all my life, <laughs> um, it, it's there's some cool scenery and it's crazy how radically different it is in different areas of Texas. Like, and there mm-hmm. are some great scenic shots that you could get, uh, especially in that Austin area, like that from El Paso to Austin is just so radically different like they have green we don't have green we just have desert like pure desert so it's cool being like oh I forget Texas has like like trees <laughs> yeah light you know there's um, there there's a great scene um there there's a there's a great scene in the movie Bernie that illustrates how how different and vast and big texas it really is oh, it's wow. it, it's it's yeah yeah in jack black's bernie there's there's this the random texas guy that's talking about how big texas is and it's split up via like six or seven or eight different states oh, the wow. different states of texas and and uh in north texas it's dallas snobs and on the east coast <laughs> it's where the south begins and in the middle where austin is it's all the pot smoking liberal hippie fruitcakes and down down to the very bottom it's where the tex meets the mex and on the on the far far left of texas a bunch of flat ranches and then no one knows what the hell's up on the panhandle Bra- so dude, that almost like totally defines it honestly and it's cra- <laughs> like- that's that's the best part of bernie and every time i watch movies that are shot in texas or take place in texas or even this i immediately think of that map like burned in my head oh wow i gotta watch that now i'm very interested yeah i'm putting it on the list oh, yeah. there it's, you a, go. it's a yeah. it's a super fun movie um any robert rodriguez is just a I mean, we were saying it last episode. He's such a dope director. He has such versatility in his directing. And um, he actually brought back one of my favorite things in the world. And uh, he acquired the rights. I'm a big fan of the heavy metal movie from the 1980s. Like that, dude, that's like my favorite movie. Like whenever I watch it or need a creative spark, like that's my go-to. And he acquired the rights to make a new heavy metal movie. And there was all these announcements like James Cameron was going to do one. Uh, Guillermo del Toro was wanted to do one. Uh, David Fincher wanted to be a part of it and nothing really fruitioned. But him and David Fincher actually teamed up to do a reboot of that movie. And that is now Love, Sex and Robots on Netflix. And that's like the continuation of that. Yeah. Yeah. 
and does it capture that same vibe that heavy metal did you know in a more modern sense for sure like if you read more modern heavy metal it definitely captures some of the the essence of uh like that, you know, kind of anthology series with, you know, right. different type of environments and creatures and stories. And they're kind of all over the place. And they even use different. The original heavy metal movie was at one animation style. And yeah. Love, Sex and Robots is various CGI yeah. animation. See, I, 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 I like just finished watching it, actually. Oh, really? Uh, I haven't seasons, seen all of yeah. it. It's, I, oh, man. It, 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 it's very hit or miss, depending mm-hmm. on which one you watch. Well, and so but, is yeah. the so is the original heavy metal. I mean, there are some yeah. stories that don't land with everyone, but the mm-hmm. overall whole of it is fantastic. Heavy Metal Two Thousand, on the other hand, <laughs> I think I think the only good uh, thing that came out of that is a really sick System of a Down song that was in it. But yeah. other than that, the music sucked, the movie sucked, everything about it sucked. None the animation of it made sucked. Sense. Yeah, none of it made sense. But if they ever did Heavy Metal Three Thousand, ooh. They got to do it a throwback to 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 the classic heavy metal while still making it modern. I'm guessing Love, Death, and Robots does it, and they got to use 2021 heavy metal music. I'm talking about the Sword. I'm yeah. talking oh, about dude, yes. Baroness. Yeah. I'm talking about Power Trip. You got to get some hardcore stuff. You got to get classic stuff. You got to get it all in there. Yeah, they should also rotoscope. Modern. They should definitely use rotoscope. Oh, that dude, would be, be sick, that would be good yes. for maybe one. For yeah, maybe one. No, yeah, I could definitely yeah. do that though. Yeah, that. Ralph Bakshi is still alive. Get yes. him on board. Yes, I bet he'd fucking do it. He's in his eighties in Santa Fe. He'd be like, "Come on, all right, <laughs> I'm yeah, not doing anything do. else." Um, dude, yeah, like I, you know, Robert Rodriguez, he just knows good shit, you know, and he really has mm. great vision when it comes to everything. And, you know, whenever we do cover the heavy metal movies, which I know we will on the show because they are like, I love that one. And the second one, I, I couldn't get through all of it. I I'd love to down. talk about the second one. <laughs> Me too. I, I, I saw part of it. And then the my friend I was watching it with, I was like, we are not fucked up enough to like really enjoy this. Like, <laughs> this is yeah. it's way too late at night. But the first one is just I'm a big Tarna fan. So I have like the Alex Ross Tarna print and I've been collecting the solo series, the one that just wrapped up. Uh, I was about to say, wasn't there a six-issue mm-hmm. one that just finished? Yeah, oh, so fucking good too, and the artwork on it's amazing. Like just the lore that's come out of it, epic shit. Like it's just cool stuff. And Robert definitely has that open uh, mind. Ooh, he had heavy metal ready. My my 1982 <laughs> issue with an original, the thing promo oh, poster no. in it. Oh, there's also God. there's also a Wrath of Khan promo poster in it. Conan poster. Nice. And oh god, Blade Runner <sighs> double sheet. That's and sick. of course Megaforce. If y'all haven't oh. seen the movie Megaforce, I that haven't. is one of the it's one what of the a... best worst movies I've ever seen in my life. We got two recommendations and we're not even Well, wow, that, like that magazine is just a product of its I love it. It's I walked <laughs> right I walked right into neighborhood comics and I saw it on the table. It was just brought in and I said, How much? And he said, Five bucks. How do you Next. feel holding a little magazine that's older than us? Um oh shit. Well, <laughs> I don't know, like a hipster. <laughs> I have, I have a, almost a whole box of like classic to modern heavy metal uh, issues. And Grant Morrison became editor in chief um, for what? a while. I did yeah. not know that. And that's wow. my first panel at my first Comic Con. It was on a Thursday night. Uh, it was a heavy metal panel, and I was so hyped because my first year at Comic Con, my first panel, one of my favorite like comic book like anthologies. Like, and Grant Morrison was going to be there. My favorite comic. Like, it was just bombastic first like moment experience 
And I even got to like say hi to Donny Cates before he got super big. And I got to talk and get pictures with Grant Morrison. Um, and it was like heavy metal to me. It's just so it's like nostalgic and just fucking amazing. And every year I, I something at that booth is going to captivate me. Um, cool stuff. And now they're under Ooh. a new publishing editor in chief and whatnot. But yeah. I could go on about them all day. <laughs> Honestly, great. that's an Apollo episode. I mean, yeah, that's there's a reason why you had like heavy heavy metal and like uh, high fantasy just all over when you were talking to yes. in April. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nonstop. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but of course, but, Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. You know, like, that's the thing. It all spirals down to like you look at these influences that he loved, and then you look at Planet Terror, and you're like, I see why this worked out so well. Like, I see it, why yeah. this everything, like the imagination, the storytelling, this. You know, we were talking about um, how these like movies really like focus on like one aspect and really just blow it up. And this one's all about during this time, the Iraqi war was kind of coming out and all this type of stuff. You know, this is post 9-11. And so this whole disease came from Iraqi soldiers and was starting to spread. And what a way to like just freak out everybody at the time being like, could this happen? Like that's that's true exploitation right there. Yes. Yeah. It yes, really is. It really is. Like it's a, uh, it it, sh- it sends you a different type of fear. You know, I feel like, you know, this type of exploitation was very more, uh, kind of like in a sci-fi fantasy type of range. You know, because we yeah. were dealing with zombies and stuff. And I felt like Death Proof was just like it hit too close to home in a certain sense. The way like creepy guys are. Um, well, I I I don't know. I don't know if I agree on that one. I I think. I think Death Proof was more of a traditional exploitation film because of the 70s, everything was was rape, revenge, and stalker movies and okay. creepy guys and... Psycho. You know, I Psycho, and <laughs> yeah. I know what you're... And not I know what you did last summer. Last House on the Left, House by the Cemetery, uh, I Spit on Your Grave, all that, all of that shit. Um, and he just mashed that with a road movie. So mm, Tarantino, okay. Tarantino did it right for a generation 40 years ago, 50 years or whenever this 30, Mm -hmm. 30 or 40 years ago, um, Robert Rodriguez made a modern day exploitation movie. Ah, Yes. I could see your point. Definitely. Definitely. It's, it's the same way on how star Trek, um, will parallel what's happening in our world on, onto the TV. So Mm -hmm. original series of star Trek, they'll be talking about the civil rights movement or something like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, this one we're talking about the war in Iraq. Yeah, yeah it's two thousand. It's like four years after where we've been. We've been in there for four years at this yeah. point too. It was made so. for us. Meanwhile, when everyone watched uh, creepy Kurt Russell, everyone's like, "What the fuck's going on?" Yeah, Kurt yeah, Russell, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I could see that for sure. That totally makes sense. And um, this movie comes like Rodriguez has already done all three Spy Kids movies. He's done the Mariachi trilogy. He just mm-hmm. did Sin City and also Shark Boy and Lava Girl. So we're like well into his stuff. Like the next two movies. All right. His next kid movie after this is Shorts. His next. Oh, God. Adult movie is Machete. Nice. So. Wow. That's cool. Like we're like kind of at the. At least of like the big films he's known for, we're kind of nearing where Tarantino were halfway through. Rodriguez were kind of like nearly done, honestly, because mm. you know there's not as much that comes after, really, because he gets more so into producing more and then uh, like setting up the El Rey network and everything else, mm-hmm. and uh, 
I like yeah. that his main character in in Planet Terror is called El Ray. Yes, yeah, dude. Yeah. I was like, if I knew, on. if I knew it was you. <laughs> Although I, I, they they spell it differently. They spell El Ray differently than the television network. You know? Yeah, it's like, with a W, I, right? I yeah, yeah, it's, it's like, with a W. <laughs> so Can I just say though, Robert Rodriguez does something that I never see anyone else, and he goes, "Hey, you guys want to see me kill my own kid on?" the big screen and they're like wait what hit the tony the kid that shoots himself in the face is robert rodriguez's own son i did not know that and i, I learned i watched so well same with son... the same with the twins there's cousins right yeah uh no no the the twins are his uh nieces Niece. from, uh, oh they had recently God. immigrated from venezuela and yep. uh yeah you just threw them right in there and they of course reappear and i think machete is the nurses but like uh his son didn't know that he died so rodriguez actually filmed he had so he did two versions uh once his son died a bunch of scenes still have him alive and have him make it all the way to the beach for his son so he doesn't know he died and then the rest that everyone else saw is the version where he basically just shoots himself in the head and he goes you know there's a lot of you know a woman is walking around with a gun on her leg there's a lot of guns you know that's pretty gun but we you know guns are fun we want to make sure to remember like a small psa so the kid of course you know shoots himself in the head with the gun because you know guns are still dangerous guys that is that's hilarious. well that's that's where all of these um that's that's all of these films all these exploitation films and and mexploitation films as as uh as you would call a mexican exploitation film like um all have all have these little lessons to learn and i think that's there all of these films are so simple and all the message is so simple just like war is bad don't play with guns <laughs> yeah that's it <laughs> Straight up, yeah that's very true um i do love that little psa like especially when she's just holding she's holding his body for so long for she so takes that long. body with I'd, her everywhere yes i like, oh, shit i would too I know, but just the way they, damn. It's just the, like the the scene, the way it goes, you know, just watching everything. I don't know. It, it's it's interesting. It's super funny um, how she handles that whole situation. It's just she goes through so much too. That poor girl goes through so fucking much. I like, think it's the only movie where normal things where you know it's taboo for a lot of things like in a lot of movies everyone's always like if they kill the kid or they kill the dog or something you know i'm gonna riot or whatever and everyone gets angry this one does everything (laughs) and i laugh at all of it i'm like yo a kid just shot himself in the head i'm smiling i'm like this is the funniest (laughs) shit yo the dog just went under the tires i'm like dude this is the best i love this so much i I did i did laugh my ass off it it, is The yeah. dogs is oh, <laughs> fucking uh, yeah. What I was just, the dog's name? I forgot. He was like Roscoe. No, <laughs> Roscoe. No. I don't yeah. know. His name. <laughs> there was no point. They just said, you know, fuck it. But, <laughs> just uh, throw the dog in the tire. God, what what's what's her name? Um, is Mar Marley Shelton? Yeah, Marley. Shelton, I think. Yeah, yeah. She. And now I I'm not. This is not um, like Freddie Rodriguez and Rose McGowan killed it in this movie every mm-hmm. oh yeah everyone everyone in planet terror did a phenomenal job like some of them were hamming it up but it worked and all of it was so good but marley shelton's performance playing off of how scary josh brolin is 
I I I thought she was the best in the film. I, I can really see that. Did. She, she, she was, does a really good job. She too. was phenomenal. Like I I really I don't I even like the acting a lot more in this film than I did in Death Proof. Oh. Yeah, sure. what the hell's up with that? The acting in Death Proof sucks. Yeah, like it's really sucks. just not it's not captivating, it's, you know, but yeah, this one uh, you are invested in all of them like kurt russell and rosario dawson save death proof yes 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 and yes. here every scene you have a phenomenal actor that like really caps uh captivates you uh rose um the girl from charmed right that's that's yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. McGowan, yeah. uh and Fre- freddie rodriguez i forget where i've seen him before too um but he has that familiar face that you see him and you just feel like you know that I don't know. He looks like the guy that was always in the VH1, like behind the music stuff. I don't know if you guys know who I'm talking about. But no, I don't. He, I, I know him as, I know him as the the pool boy from Lady in the Water. Oh my gosh! Okay, <laughs> the, the guy with the one jacked arm. Wait, the, <laughs> wait, the Shamala. Oh no, Re- he, yeah. I just looked yeah. up right above the Poseidon entry is Reggie in Lady in the Water. Oh my oh, god! Reggie, and then Saints man. Row. Okay. <laughs> Oh my gosh! <laughs> but I really—did you guys also know Zoe Bell was in it? Um, who? She was one of the zombies at one point. Basically, she played like I think one or two of the zombies oh, cool. throughout the movie, and then uh, apparently also Fergie was bitten by Tarantino in real life. Really? I was—I was about to bring up Fergie too right now. That was gonna be my yeah, next yeah. Episode. Bless this movie. Yeah, she, like having yeah. having the the hottest evolution of Fergie, right? Yeah, on, good timing on, on that film. one. Yeah, <laughs> on film. As um. her as a the doctor's lesbian lover, she was attacked by those three zombies. One of them was Tarantino, and apparently he got too into it. He bit her arm by accident, and so there's like a small bruise there. And she just goes to the camera and it's like. By, by the time the movie ends, I'm gonna bite him back. You'll see. I'm gonna oh get him. I was like, That's "What the fuck is happening?" Wow, his plan worked. Yeah. Um, Fergie. Oh, actually, wait. I'm gonna sidetrack real fast. I actually met two members of the Black Eyed Peas um, once. Uh, when you say I two members, it wasn't Fergie then. It wasn't Fergie. No, it was uh, <laughs> the Will I Am and the the like whitish Asian guy. I don't I don't know who his name is. Um, that guy up. Yeah, whatever his name was. I remember New York Comic Con. I was like in the press area, uh, waiting to go into do these interviews, and I went to go take a piss with one of my friends. We were in the bathroom in the stall, just taking a piss, and then all of a sudden, just, just loving it up with each other, <laughs> straight up <laughs> taking a piss. Take a I'll partner. shake yours, you we're, shake we're, mine. We're you sharing a urinal, fucking like just <laughs> laughing our asses off, just joking around, and like all of a sudden the bathroom fills up with these giant like kingpin looking dudes like on every corner of it. And we were just like, what the fuck is going on? Just trying to take a piss. And then two guys walk up to the ur- ur- urinal and start peeing too. And then, you know, we, we finished up our stuff and then we walked to wash our hands. And then we turn around and Will I Am and that guy <laughs> taking a piss and walking up. And we're like, oh, shit. Hi. <laughs> just awkwardly like ask them <laughs> to say hi, like in the middle of a bathroom. Like, I just wash my hands. How is their piss? I didn't get to see their piss. I had already walked oh, Okay. Can you sign my piss, please? Yeah, yeah. Can you sign my piss? I was like, so we're pretty intimate right now. Um, but yeah, that's a quick quick side story. I did get to meet two members of uh, Black Eyed Peas. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, Quentin Tarantino, it's funny. Uh, it's cool that you brought him up right now because it's weird how he got the role in the movie. He didn't, like it was never planned for him. His part was already like, 
they were going to audition for it or they already found yep. someone but that guy like he didn't show up to a table reading and they had quentin tarantino just like say the lines for the table reading and he did it so well that everyone was like no you've got to fucking do this you got to play this part because it was really because it feels like it's written for the guy like, yeah I mean, it's, right it's based it feels off like his, it feels because the reason he was chosen was his style of acting in from dust till dawn they were trying to get that yeah. character again mm-hmm. yeah and he's making all the obscure film references to like previous actors and he's making her go-go dance like to like beach rock from the 50s and i'm just like this is such a tarantino scene oh and that that dance scene um oddly enough i think it was tarantino um, when, you know, Rodriguez shot everything in HD. Everything, all, all like we said last time, all it was, digital. It's all digital to get that effect for it to be like a classic old vintage film. Um, but when they're shooting on HD, Rodriguez uh, did that first scene with her machine gun leg, and um, the, you know when she shoots the radio. I think it was yeah. Tarantino that was just like right after that, have her like lift her leg and shoot the radio. And Rodriguez is like, what radio? What, what the hell are you talking about? And he, he could see it clearly on the HD screen because of the way he was shooting it. Um, and he could actually see the set better on the screen than you could like just like looking at the set and that's crazy. trying to point stuff out. Yeah. Wow, that's funny because yeah. I was about to say one thing that did not age well was shooting it on a red. Oh, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, everything looks so digital mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and uh, now now a lot of the cg is held up mm-hmm. like the the flipping of uh el ray's wrecker um oh yeah, yeah. a lot of the uh muzzle flashes mm-hmm. a lot of just the added on effects because a lot of this shit was done practical it was all greg nicotero and tom savini was probably helping. oh definitely and tom was, there. Savini was in it because he's I in loved. it he's yes. got to help a little bit oh, but the moment i saw him pop out i realized why everything looks so fucking dope from the start but but well don't 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 do Greg Nicotero bad. Okay, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true too. Yeah, yes, but yeah, but, yeah he sets uh, some people on fire, man. Yeah. I mean these blood squibs are like blood squibs I have <laughs> never seen before and never will. And <laughs> yeah. it's so sad. But um but uh, everything in the film looks so great and they use CG perfectly to enhance the things. The only things that don't that haven't aged well are things that are completely CG, like the wooden peg leg. Or yeah. or the gun every now and then. Yeah. Um, some of the explosions look fine uh, whenever they do like the film grain and the rip, you know. Oh, yeah. It, the it definitely goes. hides it a bit. Or the big action. Like, I'm okay with that. But sometimes the, <laughs> the overly produced kind of like grindhouse film filter and stuff just keeps taking me out of the movie it's oh it gets pretty yeah. distracting for me it, you know that took me out of the movie the same way that in death proof when you could tell it was like a handheld camera and it was kind of shaky oh, yeah. takes yeah. you out of the movie and you're just like kind of thrown back and you're like oh shit yeah i'm watching something like you're you it, like it loses you for a moment and you have to like dive back into it the oh, worst man. cgi i thought were tarantino's balls like oh was, yeah no that yeah. was yeah, that, that was, was uh, horrible <laughs> that was, yeah. i mean like you've guys got you guys have so much dripping goo like all over the movie. Just drip some goo down the man's pants. Yes. Like That's it. I, I, I was questioning why like that was so CGI when it could have I guess to really get that slimy aspect, but even then it's like overdone to where it loses its intention. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I did like the thing reference in that scene. I never noticed it before when 
when they when um who's the guy from lost that's in this movie oh uh dude yeah no it's uh i got this i got this ah, yeah second. bring that up um but but when he says uh, naveen andrews as yes. abby mm. he's he's great i wish he's been i wish that he's balls in honey that balls i like your balls your balls he loves balls um, give me the balls but anyways, yeah, Tarant- he, he tells Tarant- he tells everyone to back away from Tarantino. And Tarantino just dumps this sack out of his mouth. When it hits the floor, all these tentacle intestine things just spread out everywhere. Just like the dog thing uh-huh. in the thing. Oh, and that's they so even true. used they even did it practically and they even did the reverse photography for it. It looked fantastic. I feel and horrible I'm for not realizing that. that reference. I mean, when I watched it, I was it was just some friends, um, <laughs> so it was a. Uh, that's that's the cool part is that I was watching my friend Derek, um, and we're, he's actually we're actually working on a little film project together, um, nice. and he was saying the entire time like complimenting like the practical effects and CGI, and that was one of the scenes he brought up, and I it didn't even dawn on me. I think he realized it was a thing reference, and I didn't because um, the way he got excited for that part, and I was like, wow, damn, I totally over my head, I guess at the time. I'm I'm also glad that everything that there was nothing cut out of this version that I saw because I'm still salty that they cut the lap dance out of Death Proof for me. I'm pretty sure you can find because I found pictures of it very fast when I was just looking. Yeah, no, it's a thing. I was talking to someone at White Whale Brewing in Savannah on Bull, and we were talking about Grindhouse, and one of the guys was like, "The only good thing in Death Proof was that lap dance scene." I'm like, "Okay, so I'm not crazy. It existed, and I saw it in theaters, and I've seen it every time I watch Death Proof on my DVD." For some reason, this fucking Blu-ray. I couldn't find. Are there deleted scenes? Because I couldn't find any in the on the special the, features. Yeah, couldn't find any either. And what's crazy is that I don't remember the sex scene in this movie. I remember oh. the reel being cut, and I thought that happened before the sex scene started happening. And no, you still I, see. So, you still see a little so bit. I'm wondering uh, if I got the two movies mixed up from when I originally saw it to seeing it now because. The the lap dance scene I feel like I, I saw like it but I might have been yeah. thinking of the sex scene in this one and the whole that whole little real cut thing I think I might have mixed up both movies from my original well the, they do that they do that with the lap dance and with the sex scene I remember that mm-hmm. I'll also I'll never forget the sex scene in this because the peg leg just sticking up in the so good is so funny like this film's got a lot of comedic genius in it, it it just it keeps you going like when he says so he's well. gonna cut the bo- guy's balls off throws him the knife and he's like i'm, I'm quite attached to them <laughs> that was so there's so many good one-liners in it it was fucking brilliant my, um, my movie my movie buddy austin from back at home always says you want the full story i'll spin it for you quick like he says that always because he was just like i thought that was the most badass thing any motherfucker would say <laughs> that's fucking <laughs> awesome it uh dude the whole ball aspect of this movie um was just so fucking brilliant because even at the end when everything's fucking going down and all that and then he you find out he's been like just collecting all these balls himself and you're just like this guy is still at it he's like, got an obsession man. on the way there on the yes, way there just from exactly. the elevator to that and also in the beginning i just love his priorities where everything's going to shit his guys are getting infected he goes and starts picking up all the balls and like putting them in his pockets. Like I can't leave without like he's, them. Yeah, he has to keep them with him. I thought that was just—it was ridiculous. It reminds me of Fight Club too, since we just saw that this year. Is that you know we gotta have your balls and they strap them down and get the rubber bands and everything. 
Like that's all I could think of during those. Oh, I forgot the cops. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's so yeah, ridiculous. Uh. One other thing too that I really liked was the the go go dancer manager. You know, he's actually <laughs> a real estate agent. Oh, really? Yeah, he uh, Robert knew him because of like I guess the work he did. Like he just knew him because of his accent, and he just said, "I want you to play yourself in here." And apparently, he kept trying to fake an accent, so he had to go off the accent that Robert went off of, which is just going off of him. To get oh him to do gosh. his own voice for those scenes. And That's hilarious. I just, it's so good. And his one line that like was just hilarious was like, uh, save it for the floor, girls, like when they're all making out. Oh, <laughs> like, dude, that was, yeah. <laughs> He's like, why are you doing uh, it back here? I want you doing it on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what's happening right now? Well, and, you know, like, yeah, I've been just, you know, I'm having to study like character stuff and like acts and everything as I write the script. And uh, I, I love how like right in the beginning, she really does um homegirl from charmed uh you know just right away is just like i need uh, a dramatic change in my life and then right when she says that line i'm like okay we have her need and we'll establish that from here and just the dramatic shift that from where she's at at that point to what happens to her i'm like that was brilliant like what a way to like just grab a single line and just blow it up as much as possible um and then teach marin's in it too He's like a pastor in it. I don't know if you guys caught that. In in Planet Terror itself? In Planet Terror, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, I thought he was yeah. just in the trailer for the Machete trailer and stuff. He's like, he has he's in there for a brief moment too, yeah. Uh, okay, interesting. Yeah. I didn't, which scene was that? I have no idea where it landed. That was I just remember okay. catching it and I wrote it down in my notes. Um, okay. And Bruce Willis? Dude, how do you... Bruce Willie. How do you like get better than that? Like at that point, because he is—he's. How just... do you how do you get better than Bruce Willis as a zombie general in Planet Terror? I can tell you how. Nicholas Cage as Fu Manchu. It's true. In 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 Rob Zombies, yeah, werewolves with the SS, dude. That's how you get better. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, right when I said that, I was like, maybe Nick Cage something, and you just like put that pinpoint. Nicholas Cage as Fu Manchu. Especially just because I saw um. Was it? Did we talk about this last time? Willie's Wonderland. Yeah, we did. We told Cameron to did. see it. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's great. I love that movie. It was ridiculous. It was just. Ridiculous. We'll agree to disagree. <laughs> with, with Josh Brolin too, it's interesting because like, um, he's in this, and if you watch the original Sin City, Clive Owen is in it, and Josh Brolin actually replaces Clive Owen in Sin City: A Dame to Kill For. So it's just like it's funny how it kind of goes weird full circle there, where like since it came out right before this, and then just like later on he returns for this, and you're like, hey, look, that guy's gonna play Thanos later, and you're like, oh, okay, cool. Dude, he's so intimidating. Like in this movie, he is scary as hell. Like he is. Josh you Brolin can tell. You, just... you feel that abusive doctor. I mean, like that abusive husband mm-hmm. feeling immediately. Exactly. Like it's really intense. Uh, you know, honestly, they had great character development through and through. I, I really don't have too many complaints about compared to Death Proof, especially how you're just kind of thrown into it. And you're the, having to like listen to these drawn out conversations to understand who the characters are. This one, it's just it's kind of just stated and, you know, and you understand them right away. And then you like empathize with them for a moment and you get their motives like it all just makes sense. Um, Death Proof, you're just like, all right, I have to listen to you talk in a coffee shop to know who you are like for five minutes and then we'll get an idea. 
Um, so all that entire setup was pretty interesting. I thought. Definitely. I. I know I'm still stuck on the lap dance. That I've been doing. <laughs> You've been doing research. I've been doing research. Okay. Why I remember the lap dance being in the grindhouse cut and being in theaters is because it was in the trailer for a second. In the grindhouse cut with both movies back to back with all the fake trailers, they needed to make room. So they cut the lap dance and they just had a missing reel scene. So for all of the cuts that are, you know, both movies together with all the fake trailers, the lap dance is cut out. But if you were to watch Death Proof on its own, not only is it 26 minutes longer. What? But it had. Yes. But it has the lap dance intact. Oh, so I saw like a longer edition than you guys saw in this one. You did. So it's a two and a half hour film. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. Oh it was, God, it was a long that's, movie. Yeah, Quentin Tarantino was a monster. Mean. Why does he like having a million different cuts of things? When I was talking to my friend about the Hateful Eight, we we were t- all three of us were talking about three completely different movies. One of them watched the episodic one on Netflix. I watched the Rolling Roadshow version. My I, re- I also watched, watched the, the Rolling Roadshow Blu-ray. Version. Oh, wow. it's all just Holy fucking we're all talking about completely different movies. And see, what sucks is that that's probably intentional. It's not like the Dune movie with uh, um, David Finch. Like that was an unintentional like cut that like got worse and worse. But like for someone oh, wait, to uh, David Lynch's uh, David Lynch. I don't know. Why I said I said was had Finch David in my Finch. head. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, at least we didn't have uh, Tarantino do Blade Runner. That would have been a uh, imagine oh, how many more cuts of that one, baby. Oh, yeah. Yep. And see, some sometimes like a director's cut will make sense. Like, you know, sometimes they just couldn't add scenes because of the budget when it came out, or like the studio was stopping it. So they throw in the scene or two extra. Um, the Spawn mm-hmm. movie is a good example. Like, I know that it actually the director's cut is better because it adds a couple more things to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not even a lot. It's like one or two scenes that are just like, oh, that was fucking cool. I, I guess they cut it out for timing, you know? It'll um, make it better. But some of these, like, dude, that sounds obscene to watch that movie three times and just have a different cut each time. Like, I, I, I usually prefer director's cuts. Oh um, yeah, because mm-hmm. I think it's the full artistic vision. But some of them are just awful. Some yeah. of them are terrible. I, I, I like, I love the final cut for Blade Runner. I love the full four-hour-long film of Heaven's Gate. I, I love the director's cut for Brazil. Lord of you the know, Rings extended edition. Lord of the Rings, all the extended editions. But bad ones like Midsommar. Did you ever watch the director's cut for Midsommar? I did. I haven't I even watched it. that movie I yet. I hated at that all. director's cut. I thought it was stupid because it was just a bunch of added. It was like the redheaded guy just making more like dick jokes, and I was like, this did nothing yeah. for the film. Like, there's just, dick jokes in the movie. I I don't movie. think. I think I think it just answered. I think it answered a few questions like where some of the missing people went, mm-hmm. but it was unneeded. Right. It was unneeded. Yeah, like um, yeah, it was unneeded. Uh, with uh, I mean, like uh, one of the more controversial ones was like the Snyder cuts of everything, like the director's <laughs> cut for BVS. Like there were scenes of that that they cut out, and you're like, that explained an entire like motivation. Yes. Like why would you cut that? You know. But at the same time, adding all that shit back in was like pouring perfume on a pig. Yeah, yeah, we discovered that. But I mean, it's still like it had like there's there's certain important points yeah. that they they shouldn't have cut. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's like where they fuck up with some. I mean, Dune. Dune is a perfect example. You get a four hour long film 
and then the director cuts it to three hours and then the studio cuts it another hour i remember standing up to like get more water take a piss and come back and be like what happened like and then god was like i blinked i don't even know like we're in a different everything now like i totally lost who are these oh people? man what what did i just watch the other day that was oh i watched michael mann's the keep really 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 awesome film about uh, Michael Mann, who did Heat and Thief and all these really great like crime action movies, one of his earliest films was an uh, 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 a war horror film. It was like World War II, towards the end of the war, the Nazis like come into this village and like take over this big castle. And in this castle keep, there are like these silver crosses all over the wall. So they start pillaging the silver crosses and unleash this fucking golem. Oh. You know, that starts like sucking their souls out and shit. Oh, shit and, like, that's cool. I yeah, think sucking I've heard out their of this life before. Force. Yeah. Well, Jewish the, revenge, baby. The original. Yes. The the true, the angry Jewish revenge. Dude. For those that don't know, golems are actually a, it's a Hebrew thing. Yeah. And yeah. so they unleash a golem. And the original cut was like over three hours long. And the oh, studios wow. were like, ah, great. Cut it to 90 minutes. And ever since then, Michael Manns has completely disowned the film. I, I own it on DVD. There's only one DVD where you can get it. It's an Australian release by like Viavision or something like that. Oh, wow. And they never re- like made it so they could have the full cut. No, Michael Mann just doesn't give a shit anymore. That's the way David Lynch is with Dune. He's like, he doesn't want to do a director's cut. He wants nothing to do with yeah. any of that. He got Well, he didn't. He didn't want to do it in the first place uh, da- on David Lynch's level. He's just like, I don't, I don't know what a Wookiee is. I don't yeah. want to do any of these. <laughs> yeah, yeah he just want like to do that. Star Wars. Yeah. 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 I, I, <laughs> imagine a David Lynch Empire's uh, a Return of the Jedi. I think he was offered. I think whatever parallel universe that's in, I just want to see it just to see the outcome and be like, oh. now throw him down. Throw him down when he shoots the lightning. Yeah, like that. Yeah. All right. All right. Now you're going to turn into a giant tea kettle. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh yeah. it would be it would be something else i don't think star wars would have the legacy <laughs> take his mask off now cry cry make it make your tears come out uh, uh david lynch yoda like imagine that shit dude like fucking i i don't even <laughs> i i think i think i think david lynch could do it God. i think david it would be like a, it would be an evolved version of uh, Eraserhead, the baby in it. That's all it would be. Like, oh, okay. like, <laughs> the one part of that movie I saw, I actually, my friend Bobby, when we were living together back in Savannah, I walk inside and I come in right at that scene and I'm like, dude, what the fuck are you watching right now? He's watching that's one of all... the greatest films of all time. Dude. And he just looks ass. up at me. And he, yeah, he's like Eraserhead and I'm like, thinking of the name of the title looking at what's happening on the screen and i'm like i don't even want to know what the rest of this movie is that i walked away that's so sick i uh, i actually yeah. i despise that film Eraserhead. i actually, oh, I, I don't man. like it at all um but what i i do respect it because i watched that movie i've seen it twice and every time i finish watching it i feel so uncomfortable and just so weirded and grossed out and just like Ugh. but the fact that that movie can do that to me I admire like the fact that I could have watched something like for whatever an hour and a half and it made me just feel so disgusting <laughs> I'm just like you know what 
you fucking win, man. Like, you got me. You fucking got me. But as a film as a whole, I, I don't really particularly care for it. I see why it's good. You know, it's, I get it, it's, the it's, perfect, like, it's the perfect film that encapsulates the fear of committing to a relationship. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, 100%. The I know one film that is the perfect uh, example of um, the love for committing to a relationship, and that's Planet Terror. Planet Terror, hands down. Great Valentine's Day movie to watch. I could actually very much see that. Very, it is a, it is. What did he, what did he call her? What did he call her again? What was Uh, her name? With a P. Um, Is it like Palomita? Palomita, yeah, Palomita or something like that. Palomita. I, I don't know what miss. that means. What does it mean? Like, what does it mean? Like flying, flying bird or something? Dude, I know that's a drink. Um, <laughs> oh my God. Uh, Margarita. Yeah. A Palomita. <laughs> uh, I know it's a drink. Um, real fast. I'm going to straight back to Eraserhead real fast. I think the first time I ever saw <laughs> okay. like an incarnation of Eraserhead. Do you remember that show? Greg the bunny. I'm about to look that up. What? Never With it. Seth Green. And it was, guys, go find what? fucking YouTube videos. Like, they do a 2001, uh, uh, um, 2001 Space Odyssey parody. Sitcom. Dude, Greg the Bunny is fucking amazing. Like, it is. Oh, this is some funny. crazy 90s shit. Oh, what the? F- Dude, pop- yeah, okay, all of you. Like, okay. Do your research. Look up Greg the Bunny. And oh, my God. It's got fucking. Yep. Yeah, it look has, at this cast. Has Count Blah in it instead of uh, yeah. like the Count from Sesame Street? Blah. Blah balls. Yeah, it's got fucking, yeah. <laughs> All right. Wow. wow. <laughs> okay. They're really straight up. Oh, Sarah Silverman. It's got fucking Eugene Levy and Sarah Silverman. <laughs> Holy shit. It is so good. I got to get the DVD and watch these like parody ones because they're just, it's gold. It is gold. Is Eminem in it? No, that's no. Seth Green. <laughs> oh, that is Seth. okay. He shaved his head. That confused me for a second. With his shaved head, Seth Green actually looks a little bit it like. Kind of does, yeah. Like he looks like Marshall. Uh, That's hilarious. Yeah. So yeah, there's your homework. There's my recommendation this episode. Greg the Bunny. <laughs> wow, that's not what I was expecting from you today, to be honest, or ever. Actually, not thinking about it, but you know what? We'll take it. If it's all on YouTube, you know that's uh freely available um but you know uh i I think like we talked about the act structure structure in um death proof this one was put together a lot better you know and you know death proof it's kind of like two different movies like it could have been two different episodes of something or a two-parter um especially because the first 45 minutes are really unnecessary until you get to the 14 months later this one straight up just like gets you to know the characters and it builds up and it builds up and we're going somewhere and then it just cuts it and then it seems like we're like 30 minutes later an hour later into the film where like everyone's met up already somehow all the all the dots have connected like they've put everything yeah. together it's such a it's such a cheesy cop-out on how to just like wrap this film up but it you know and overall, it's like it's... it keeps your attention it does the it does the it's like haha that's funny we missed we missed a 30 minute someone probably fucked up the reels mm-hmm. and we didn't get to see the whole action scene and what everything went wrong and mm-hmm. but but i mean come on 
it worked it works so well because it, it, it goes from like oh yeah I let's mean, go out there to just coming back you're like oh my god oh my god oh it, my god it, it's a funny joke but it it feels kind of uh i don't know you just it, wanted that it, action it felt like force yeah. like they like they didn't yeah. know what to do or how to move forward anyway so they're just like you know what i, I just know how i how this is gonna end it's gonna end all of them at the barbecue shop, which is actually a real place, and that's like one of those barbecue places. Apparently, you have to line up like at five a.m. The sign, the really? sign for the Bone Shack is actually at the um, is at at the uh, Austin, Texas Alamo Draft House. Oh that's wow, awesome. that's yeah. dope. They've got the sign for the Bone Shack. There's the, actually a, the a barbecue place nearby San Francisco in a city called Pacifica, and it's a place I've been trying to. It, it, just actually watching it last night reminded me so much of it because I actually was trying to go last week as well. Uh, it's called like uh, Gorilla Barbecue, and I guess during COVID and post, they've only been open on the weekends, mm-hmm. and they are open until they sell out. So they're like only twelve to five, mm-hmm. and they might not even be open till then. But their brisket is supposed to be like the best in the world or something. It's something insane to the point where it's like it's there until it's not. Oh, wow. And I'm like, this just made me want to go even more. So I'm like, oh, my God, I need to go to this place. I need to find out why. It's just so (laughs) encapsulating. But got uh, looking through this as well, like uh, in that scene where it's just like that cutoff. It reminds me a lot of things that many, not necessarily movies, but more so shows do. Mm -hmm. Like kind of like Lost in a way where you'll have the smoke and the polar bears and all these weird mysteries and you're like oh what's it gonna be what's gonna happen and they're selling you on that mystery and you're wanting to know and you're like waiting probably seasons or multiple movies or something and the reveal just becomes such a shortcoming and in a way i kind of feel there like there was never made... reveals in lost it, it was just like let's open up all of these cans of worms and do fucking nothing with them that's just yeah. because jj abrams is good at making ideas and never following through with any of them he doesn't have a good closure yeah he makes them before really thinking it through it's like there, he didn't have closure in mind when he first did it and looking at the <laughs> that's that one i'm not gonna i'm not gonna blame him for star that that's a whole other can of worms <laughs> but like um looking at this i liked it and for me it felt like they made fun of it at the same time too like it's no just like, in this in this yeah i don't i don't i don't think they did it in from in any malicious way oh yeah I, i'm pretty they just did it as a joke like haha it's funny because in grindhouse movies sometimes they just miss the real haha it's one of those like, things like it's, yeah. it's like the movie i don't know if you guys have seen weird Al yankovic's movie uhf but oh, it's one like, of the greatest movies of all time. Yes, fuck yeah, Hands it is. Dude. I'll add it to yeah. the list, dude. Yeah, supplies, no. hell yeah, that's one of the funniest fucking jokes I've dude, ever seen. Conan the Librarian, like, can't get better than <laughs> what? <this shit>. The- <laughs> Haven't you heard of the Dewey Decimal System? Yes. Oh my oh god. Oh god. This <laughs> these movies very much <laughs> when I approached them, that was my mindset is that they're like parody movies, you know? Like they, you could they, they, oh yeah. they are. pick them apart into like just everything that influenced it and uh to the T, you know what I mean? Um and that's, and that's I th- that's that's what I think their downfall is. Oh yeah. That, I mean that's, I could see that, yeah, for yeah. sure. Like if it's trying to be taken seriously, then it's just like, no, like it, like I said, in my head, all of this stuff when I approached it was like, I remember watching this in high school and just being like, this is fucking ridiculous. Like, no way was this serious. No way did anyone, like, you know, try to, like, watch this with a serious tone. And I still approach them the same way because I'm like, this is just a bunch of ruckus. <laughs> would you say? Yeah. Would you say that you like 
um, Planet Terror or Death Proof better than the other three Grindhouse films that are in this universe, uh, Hobo with a Shotgun, Machete, and From Dusk Till Dawn? No. Are we no. counting From Dusk Till Dawn? That's why you got to do We're that. absolutely counting From Dusk Till Dawn because yeah. that is a Quentin Tarantino, Robert Rodriguez mashup, yeah. and it's a better f- Grindhouse film than both of these. Yeah, no, I would, uh, say... I would say these are like poking fun at all of that i think i feel like these yeah. movies just poke fun at that entire genre like it is yeah. a love letter in a sense but like i could take from dusted on seriously like i can yeah. take hobo with a shotgun more seriously yeah or yeah, yeah, you know actually. uh yeah. machete like i could feel like these are films these are meant and they have an intention and this is what it is this to me the intention was always just like man we're just gonna make something fucking crazy and just bullshit like and just dick around the whole time and like yeah. every line every moment like zooming in on her face and just like he shot himself like and it was just like <laughs> this is fucking goofy like um i i think all right death proof is probably of those five it's like death proof is at the bottom i think with the shotgun is right after but that's a hard one no oh, I, I just no I, I i just love planet terror so much it makes me smile like i can't i just love this movie so much but like the two that are way above the other three it's between machete and from dust still got dawn that is actually very hard for me because from dust still dawn it just feels like roman the amount of times it feels it may like we, i've actually been there twice where we've sh- you've shown but i was there with you when you've shown people that have never seen the movie oh yeah i don't tell and them we anything just, about we, it yeah we're like oh it's just like a heist movie and then they watch <laughs> it and then they're like oh my god vampires and they freak the hell out just waiting for that reaction once the turn happens it's one of the that movie, I it, I feel like I can keep watching that so many times mm-hmm. and never get bored because it's so much fun watching people just... It's the best reaction movie I've ever had, and at, like, ever. That's why that's why I would put From Dust Till Dawn at the top with Hobo mm-hmm. the Shotgun at a very close second because if, if, if that was the original double feature, like if it was Robert oh, Rodriguez's fuck. From Dusk Till Dawn and Quentin Tarantino's Hobo with a Shotgun, it would still be the exact same feel as Planet Terror and Death Proof, as in From Dusk Till Dawn is, is like the crazy, wacky um, heist movie with a twist, super gory monsters and shit. And then Hobo with a Shotgun is the true callback to what grindhouse movies really were and exploitation movies really were machete i almost have on the same level as planet terror i think it's a little higher in my book um just i think i think i actually might have a little bit more fun with machete machete just Um, has a special place in my i know also these are like all complete films too i need to watch shotgun again i feel like that one i've only seen once planet terror like and i mean technically like you know death proof they're not really complete films like they're kind of just like slapstick together in a sense especially planet terror like if you have to force that real scene in like you're not writing a full movie like you're 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 copying out you're not giving us the full arc of these people and understanding uh death proof like we're not you know if you spend 45 minutes between two totally separate groups one disappears completely and then this one pops up and it, it's not like you're getting you're not getting full character arcs out of any of them you know, necessarily mm-hmm. um it's been a while since i've seen from dust till dawn but i do remember it, it like you actually do have stuff go on in that movie that make it a film 
Yep. Yeah. Um, I would then, say that both of these films are films. It doesn't matter how cut up they are. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, because they. Oh, I just mean in comparison to these other films. Yeah, you know in, I mean? in yeah, comparison. Yeah. Of yeah, just yeah, like they, having a full road. They, they have. They they are at a disadvantage because they are chopped up and they're missing scenes and blah, blah, blah. But I mean, that's, it was intentional. Yeah. The directors, the directors cut their own legs off for a reason. But and and then attached guess, to sick luckily these gun. directors have like, they can, they can do that and break the rules because they've proven they can play by the rules and make this type of stuff. So yeah. them going, you know, just all out and doing it. It's like, yeah, you've, you've done everything else. Like, have fun by all means, you know, mm-hmm. but it, it's just like how we ranked the Tarantino movies last episode. It was like, these are at the bottom of the list because of all these, you know, ABC well, reasons. Mm-hmm. I, I did want to ask you guys here then. Uh, so one, like, yeah, we, we talked about Tarantino's and this like death proof was the bottom for pretty much all three of us uh, is planet terror at the bottom of I guess we could either say Rodriguez is just like hella Mexican ass films or <laughs> like, hella Mexican yeah. ass films. Or just his films in general. Uh, like if you want to count in the kid ones, if you want to count in Alita, Sin City, stuff oh, like I that. Would. Yeah, I would. So how would you guys how do you guys feel about because this one is, I feel like compared to where Tarantino's, there's such a big gap in between Death Proof and the rest of his uh filmography. Rodriguez, it feels like Planet Terror actually kind of belongs with the rest of it like it works like i think of it and i'm like yeah the mariachi trilogy the machete uh from dust till dawn and planet they all feel like they're all one just yeah like... this this would be in the middle for me yeah this would be in the middle i, I totally. it's like it, it rises totally above the spy kids and the kids stuff but yeah. it's still like it doesn't it of course doesn't hit you that same way you get from like desperado i would say spy kids 2 is better than planet terror Spy Kids oh, two yeah. had what did Spy Kids two have? And Spy Kids one, shit, floop, dude. I dude, that okay, no, that 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 base they go in in Spy Kids one, that the first underwater base. So tight. As a kid, so I was tight. like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen, and it's in real three D. Yeah, I I've never seen Red Eleven or We Can Be Heroes, um, his Tubi and Netflix movies. But uh, I think at the very bottom would probably be like Sin City, A Dame to Kill For, and and um, oh, I haven't did he seen direct? That one. I thought he only produced A Dame to Kill. Machete Kills. No, he directed it. Oh shit! Well, actually, uh, I he would... he produced what was the other one shot in the the Spirit, the Spirit that was. Oh. Did he di- oh. Wait, he directed the Spirit. He, he did not. He produced it. Oh, okay, that's I another one I haven't seen. I haven't seen A Dame. I, think, I haven't seen the second Sin City. I'm trying to get rid of that. The movie. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, the spirit is garbage, hot garbage. It, it, I there went was to go a, see that for my birthday. I laughed at Samuel Jackson as a Nazi, but that was about it. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow, um, that he's had weirder say, war- roles. <laughs> yeah, I will say, a Dame to Kill for is saved by Evergreen. Just being Evergreen, if you're a guy, you're just like, oh fuck. Oh shit! Yeah, That's you're right. Too, yeah. You're right. Um, that Sin City, a Dame to Kill for, probably ranks higher for me than Shark Boy and Lava Girl. I saw I never, I never saw Lava Lava Yeah, I never saw that. I one. need to watch that before I can watch We Can Be Heroes. Well, Damn, the thing is about like the Spy Kids stuff too is that <laughs> you know 3D movies at that point weren't really a thing. He brought back 3D movies for Spy Kids, and then all of a sudden 3D movies took off because of that movie. Um, Did it actually? Yeah. So was like, what oh you're saying God. is he is a war criminal that needs to be put down. Eh? No. <laughs> 3D I, I, 3D I movies are a cancer. But Roman, didn't we didn't we praise him for just doing the 
like just regular stuff of actually not filming on a green screen compared to everyone else in the Mandalorian in our uh, state oh, of film shit. episode. There you go. I, Remember? I, I've never seen the Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. never seen an episode. <laughs> we yes. talked about we we talked about it during. Uh, Wasn't me. Could have been could have been everyone else that was Damn. gushing about the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. All right. Your well, we did say we up. did say that his compared to everyone else during the Mandalorian season two, his was uh, more exceptional because he was actually in a location instead of just in the the stage mm. and stuff. That's pretty cool. And I know that. Good. Good for him. Yeah. Good for him making movies. <laughs> yeah, the proper way. Like, making yeah. good yeah. for him buying a camera and putting. I, I do want to look it. at so his upcoming projects. It's just crazy because it's like a few, you know a lot of them have been in development hell. Mm-hmm. Roman, you and I watched Machete Kills in theaters, and we were, oh, you know we were disappointed God, uh, by that. what we wanted from it and what we actually got. But we, I, I still really, 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 really want Machete Kills in space. Uh, in which, like, you look at... All right, you guys actually might get a kick out of his list of projects and development. So this is, like, all pre-production, oh, if not so earlier. Oh, so much cool shit. El Gato Negro, Untitled We Can Be Heroes sequel, Untitled Spy Kids project. This is my favorite one. Zorro. I've been wanting... I always wanted him to do a Zorro movie. To be, I love Zorro. Uh, Fire Nice. I think yeah. you'd love that, Brandon. No, yeah. yeah him uh, and, him and Frizzetta were collaborating yeah. on that uh-huh. back in, like, 2008, right? Yeah. Yeah, Machete kills in space. The Jetsons. Yeah. I, I I don't really okay. And then uh, in, in production is 100 Years in Hypnotic. And then of course uh, the one he was just finishing up is uh, the Book of Boba Fett. But you're missing a big uh, one, dude. Which one? I feel like you are. He. Too. Oh, he was gonna do a Madman movie, dude. Have you guys ever? I don't know if you've ever read the Mike Allred comic Madman, but dude. A Madman movie that was like in 2006. He was talking about doing that, which breaks my heart. That never happened. Y'all are still well. Y'all are actually still missing what, what two big ones. What is, um, what is it? Red Sonia. Um, yes, Red yeah. Sonia is one of them. He was supposed to do Red Sonia with Rose McGowan back in like 2006. But oh, that was yeah, so cool. The, the, Wait, listen, is, these oh, are all just like New York too. There it is yeah. with John Carpenter. Yeah. John Carpenter back in like 2016 or some shit. 17. Yeah. Said that said that he would get together with um rodriguez to produce a remake of escape from new york and i'm so glad it hasn't happened I'm very very happy about that we see red sonia deserves a remake and it robert is. rodriguez would be perfect and mm-hmm. rose mcgowan would be awesome as yeah well. it's being oh, uh, directed gosh, yeah. by joey soloway and starring hannah john came in as red sonia and- john john carpenter producing a remake of one of his movies like he did with the Halloween remakes mm-hmm. and reboots and whatever. That would be cool. Uh, would I just be terrible. Would be fucking terrible because John Carpenter would go, "Yeah, I don't want anything to do with it. I'll just do the soundtrack, and then whoever is making it will just butcher the shit out of." No, it. yeah, Rodriguez doing it would oh, be. I, I just, I just really, if we could get one thing first, I just really, really think we should get our Machete kills in space. Finally, I'm just saying. Before you know, Danny Trejo is not getting younger. So. Just take the unused Escape from Space script that John Carpenter wrote and just throw Machete in that. Yeah, Ooh. and Leonardo DiCaprio is the Man in the Iron Mask. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. shit was so stupid i loved it i think you know uh, it always comes down to like i just really like his taste and i think i like his selection and the stuff he wants to tackle and, and no matter like what he does i'm gonna dig it to a certain yeah. point yeah i um, i mean dude 
people want an Alita sequel. That movie oh was actually God, really yes. freaking good. Where like, is that sequel, damn it? I want to see what happens with Edward Norton, damn it. I do too. What a what a <laughs> what a surprise! You're like Edward Norton. What, what are a you great doing? what a great movie. That was I such a good. Gotta movie. watch it. It's another I actually one. Need I need to buy that movie. It. I'm gonna go buy that. Movie. Oh, you? I'm gonna buy it. that today. If you're if you're a comic book guy, this is right up your alley. It's a it's based on a manga, but yeah. dude, it's the only live action manga adaptation I've ever seen that's loved, done right. I loved the sport. I loved. It just the took sport. a Mexican guy it? doing it to make it work. I don't what, really know why, but what was it called? Murder Ball or some shit? Uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't the remember. whole time I was just like, this is like, this is like how the Rollerball remake could have been. It wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Damn. I think okay. all, it's that combo of James Cameron and Robert Rodriguez making Alita was such a good combo. Uh, rest worked. in peace, James Cameron. You left Wait, us too shut soon. The fuck up, dude. <laughs> that that you just that don't overwhelming watch that movies. overwhelming success after after Titanic gave him a heart attack and oh my god, he just hasn't made <laughs> anything crazy. since. It's just, but which sexways uh, us into a? Did you we, say sexways us? Which sexways sex us? Hell yeah! Yeah, grindhouse baby, <laughs> let's go. Um, I mean, as we begin to wrap this up a little bit, uh, next month we're tackling some James Cameron uh, gold. Terminator, three, Rise of the Mid. No, I'm just oh. <laughs> <laughs> not again. Not the, again. The Terminator. Uh, yeah, the Terminator. And aliens. Aliens. And Mister. Froman here will be with us for both of these, and I am quite excited. He, he's here. He's got a four episode deal with us. That's why. Yeah, yeah. That's part of the episode. He had to sign a contract. Yeah, he had a full contract here. He did. But before we go, guys, I gotta ask if you if you needed to show someone this Grindhouse double feature, would you show them both films? Like, how would you if you you if you wanted to do this with people? Would you want to show them both films? Would you want to show them them separately? Would you just want to show them one? How would you go about doing it for these guys? I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> I I, I, I mean, I showed my girlfriend both of them, <laughs> so uh, I don't. I, I mean, doing doing it separately was a good way to do like a comparison, like and understanding the concept behind it. I think it would be fun to do a back-to-back uh, if you had that type of time and, like, ability, you know, just to be like, you know, we're going to watch movies for the next fucking four hours. Uh, but, I mean, the way things roll with life, uh, doing them, like, a week by week was kind of fun because you kind of get that breather and to absorb it. And I feel like I got to absorb it a little bit better by watching it and then, you know, just letting it sit and then watching the next one and really just compressing it all. Um but the only thing I do regret not having is the trailers for Planet Terror and all this stuff. Like, oh, I wish yeah. I could have had the trailer for El Machete because I remember watching it as a kid and seeing those. Um, but that was probably the biggest downfall. But other than that, I mean, I would do it separately. Like, they're just they're grindhouse films in that sense. Like, I could they both stand apart well enough to do them either way. I think how I would do it, I would, I would, I would invite a bunch of people. A couple weeks in advance. Save it. It's the Grindhouse double feature. I'd pass out like fake tickets made of paper. And I would check them at the door. I'd get it in. It's like, welcome to the double feature. You can get your popcorn and soda at the concession stand. Everyone would have to get their seats. And we would do it. We would do the whole damn thing. Right. Trailers, Planet Terror, trailers, Death Proof. We'd knock it out. And and it would it would have to start at 10 p.m., and at two thirty in the morning. Yes, that's that's actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah like I, I would do that because night, yeah. 
Because every time I have movie nights with friends, I do a movie night every Monday, and and people show up. We watch the movie. Half of them leave, and the rest are just like, "All right, what's next?" So, so we already knock out double features. Yeah. So yeah, we just did Scanners and Scanner Cop. Ooh, nice! What a great double feature. Yeah. But um, so I would say I would say a double feature, man. All right. I think I would do a double feature, but. Mine would be very similar to yours, except I would give everyone a shit ton of alcohol. <laughs> so they're just drinking through Planet Terror, enjoying the shit out of it. By the time you get to Death Proof, you're already pretty gone to the point if you're there for like two hours, if you really want to, you could just knock out yeah. and just be like, ah, this is fine. And just, conked. Yeah, just conk out if you really want to. Because if I don't think I could do them separately, because if I said, yeah, we're going to do Death Proof on its own. Oh, by the way, it's two and a half hours. And it's just this, and you're just coming over for this. I'd feel kind of bad that I made them do that. <laughs> so that's just me personally. I, you know, if I was doing the double feature thing, I would show Death Proof first, um, just so you could wake up for Planet Terror and like enjoy those two films back to back. I think that's the only mm-hmm. way I could do it. Because if not, then there's no way I'd make it through like Death Proof after Planet Terror. Like it's just it's too much. Gotcha. And R- Roman, I gotta ask you really fast. What yeah, is what up? would you say is the ideal time to show somebody from Dust Till Dawn in the day? What time of day is the best time um, to show somebody from Dust Till Dawn? Probably show it at dusk. At dusk. Okay. Yep. And sure. then uh, I'd let them leave at dawn. Oh. We're gonna watch it. We're gonna watch it four times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> that'd be great. But all right. Roman, where can people find you? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Revolver Roman, or if you're looking to pick up some movies at Greyface Records and Curiosities in Savannah, you can follow me at Terrorvision Video on Instagram. All right. And Brandon, where can people find you? Check out uh, Policy Comics on all podcast platforms and YouTube. Um, and check out our Instagram and Twitter, where Brandon and I are both sharing our own collections and whatnot. So a lot of cool stuff, no matter where you go. All right. And you can follow, of course, Sutra Side Talk on Twitter and Instagram, at Sutra Side Talk. And uh, just follow on whatever platform you're listening to. You got Sutra Side Talk, weekly gaming movie TV show uh, podcast, where we talk about news. And then, of course, this and The Cut of Steel, where we talk about some DC movies, which the last one was Shazam. And in August, we'll have an episode out on The Suicide Squad. And then, of course, up to a down to it, where we just came out with our D&D episode, in which Roman and I are and our friend Tyre joined by Katie and Zach to talk all Dungeons and Dragons stuff. So that's You call me well. by my name. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Osiris Hornraper? No. No, god damn, not Osiris. Grognak, Grognak the barbarian. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Bring him back to memories with Osiris. I, I was not proud name. of that one. <laughs> Absolutely love it. So much. Brandon, yeah, that gives you a hint of what our team team names yes. were like. <laughs> yes. Do you guys still play D&D? Uh, I'm getting back into it after that episode. I, I want some good to. memories. I just I need to find a group for it. Because we we realize we don't want to do time zones. Uh, virtual time zones suck. No, it's terrible. Oh they yeah, really suck. That's why Especially if one of your players is in Moscow. Oh my god. Oh my Tila. god. Yeah, yeah. But all right, guys, we will catch you in a couple weeks with the Terminator. See you guys next time. We'll I'll be, be back. back. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. Yo me a beer. Next time.
them in uh, El Paso. Yes. Yes, that'd be great.